You're tuned into the 200 Churches Podcast, episode 149. You know, I like to do home improvement projects. I like to build stuff and fix stuff. You never do a home improvement project, make a change, okay? You never do that without something going haywire and you have to change your plan. It's never like, I'm pretty sure this window's going to fit here. It's definitely not going to fit there. Like, it's not going to happen. And you have to be willing to run out to the hardware store to make a mid-course correction, to tell your wife, I'm really sorry, we have a hole in the side of our house. Things like that. I'm not speaking from any experience, personally. I'm just saying, like, you could have that happen. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where every Wednesday we produce a fresh episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now, here are two guys who, like you, serve in the trenches of small church ministry, the sweet and sour of ministry podcasts. Jeff and Johnny. Thanks for joining us on the 200 Churches Podcast. I'm Johnny Craig, and I'm across the, our new podcasting table. It's cool. With it Je- is cool. With Jeff Katie. With Jeff Katie. How are you doing, Jeff? Very good. Good to be here. Good to be in our new podcast location. We move yet again. We, we've moved so many times. But every time we move, it's, it's a better setup. You think so? Oh, I like this setup. <laughs> that's, that's not a good way to answer that uh, statement, I suppose. No, I really... Hey... Hey, just immediately to your left is the Diet Coke fridge. Now that I like. Within this is reach. In, this is in reaching distance for me, which is fantastic. And and your chair on wheels is so is so slidable on the concrete floor. It's true. It, it's a bit bunkerish, but other than that, I, we need our 200 churches posters up. Yeah, we that do. That would freshen it up. Yeah, we do. Hey, thank you for listening today to the 200 churches podcast, which is for small church pastors. Yes, it is. We're here to encourage you in your small church ministry because the things you're doing in your church are making a difference in the kingdom of God. That's so, that's what we're about, and we say it all the time. But every time you say it, I think I get re excited. And I'm not just, I'm not just blowing smoke, okay? I do get re excited because, because it's so easy for us to be like, yeah, it's just, I, I'm just a small, I just have a small church. Yeah, I got like 100 people, 50 people, whatever coming to my church. Yeah. Uh, those 50 people are all having an impact in their life because of you. Well, I'll say this to you, Johnny, and to you who are listening. Our culture and our Christian culture minimizes and downplays small churches That's true. and small church leaders. Yeah. Uh, and that's not small leaders in churches, but small church leaders. You might be leaders. like Jeff. You're 6'3". Or 5'2". I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So it's not, that, it's not us who are small. It's just our churches. It's just the number yeah. of people. But but we have to continually encourage each other because one by one, dotted across the landscape, we're making a huge collective difference in communities all over America, but all around the world. It's true. The coolest thing about doing this podcast for the past, what, two and a half, three years? We're almost to three years, Almost aren't we? three years, Oh, my Johnny. goodness. Has been connecting with all these other people. It's, it's like, Vader's would say it's like a movement, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And we, we never and imagined. Vader's and Dave Jacobs. No. We never no. knew. I don't think either of us thought we'd be doing this three years down the road, let so, alone that we'd be connecting. So so next week I'm taking a trip, and next week I'm taking a trip back to New York. And while I'm there, I'm going to have breakfast with a very recent 200 Churches subscriber. Well, there you go. And it's cool. I just saw that this person happened to subscribe. They happened to live three miles down the road from where I grew up. That's amazing. So I'm going to visit my mom. Yeah. I'm going to have breakfast. I'm going to have breakfast at the old Dutch Hollow. 
The Dutch Hollow. The Dutch Hollow. Is that irony or what? <laughs> That's pretty fantastic. Johnny and I serve in a Dutch community, yeah. and I'm going back to my roots, and I'm going to eat at the old Dutch, Dutch Hollow When diner. you leave, you can't leave. When I leave, I just get that. <laughs> I, I don't get anywhere near Dutch stuff. I don't even eat old Dutch potato chips. I oh, stay away. Oh, man. So <laughs> it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to meeting with this guy. Hey, today we're going to talk about eight practices to create meaningful change in your 200 church, in your small church. I'm going to harp on the word meaningful here. Anybody can make change. Yes. Anybody can make little piddling, you know, whatever types of changes in their church. But can we make meaningful change? And I think we waste a lot of the, the, the opportunity we have for change. I think we waste it on things that don't matter. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think we fight yeah. fights that don't matter, and then we can't actually get to the change we need to make, the meaningful change. Because we've wasted all of our our good, whatever you want to call it, good nature or whatever. I mean, we're not speaking to ourselves in this podcast episode. (laughs) I mean, not at all. Dude, we're the experts, Jeff. All right. So, yeah, for those of you listening, we want you to know that that we are the small church experts. Yeah. You can listen to the jewels of wisdom dropping off of the ends of our tongues. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And and then we'll go and cry in the corner after we're done recording. The Cuban zirconia, (laughs) the... uh... Yeah, exactly. The gold nuggets. (laughs) Right. So, uh, and all of this, this is the cool, this is another neat thing about our podcast. We're in the trenches with you. Yeah, man. We are stumbling and falling. We're winning and putting our hands up in victory several times a day. I like that you started with stumbling. Well, and falling. hey, let's be humble about <laughs> this it. This is the honesty podcast. Several times a day in our small church. It's true. We have a 200 church. Yeah. And I learn. These are real issues to us. Yeah, I learn every week. I, I hate to admit it and I hate to have to do it, but I do. I, I, and I, I learn, learn from every watching week. you fail just Thank you, week Johnny. after week. Yeah, it, it's really helpful for Thank me. You. So. There, There is a preamble to the podcast. Yeah. There's a preamble to creating meaningful change. And this is this kind of goes along with what you said, meaningful. Yeah. And sometimes we, we, waste, we, we waste all of our bullets on a deer in the woods when it was actually one of those plastic stand-up things. I like and that. And now we're out of bullets. Yeah. And the deer runs right across in front of us and takes off, and we're like, we missed it. Congrats. You changed the drapes. We changed the drapes, or I put, I put, I put three pieces of lead in a plastic deer, right. and the real deer is running into the forest, yeah, frolicking exactly. freely. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, here's the preamble. Here's the preamble: is that no change, no change, without first defining and clarifying both the what and the why. When you lose your why, you lose your way. Thank you, Michael Hyatt. When you lose your why, <laughs> it's so true, though. But before, and this is, this is, Johnny, I think this is classic for our personalities. We're like, oh, we're getting we're get excited. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. And I'm, I'm mild on the road. And we're excited sometimes about something that we can't, we cannot either define or clarify. I mean, we know what it is in our hearts. We just, we literally had a conversation like this yesterday where I was talking and, and you were saying, that it's like you can almost grab it, but when you reach out to touch it, it's gone. It's gone. And when you, when you try to hand it to somebody else, right. it falls through your fingers and right. they don't get it because you're excited about this thing, about change, about growth, about reaching new people, about seeing the eyes light up on somebody and but you don't exactly know how to define it. Yeah, you need nuts and bolts. Clarify it. So you want you want people to change 
You want your church to change, but you're not really sure how you want it to change or why. That's not good. And this is a really important point. You're just jonesing on change for no reason then. The weird thing is when you're jonesing on change for no reason, people don't go along with it. No. I don't understand that. They could smell it a mile away. Like, I love change for change's sake. You you always hear, well, let's not change for change's sake. I'm like, yeah, I want to change for change. I mean... Sometimes we, it's like, but we could, though. How many different places <laughs> have we set up our podcast studio, right? Yeah. I don't. I just don't like it in the same spot all Look, the time. you rearrange the furniture once in a while. It, exactly. And if it is Come in the on. same spot, let's rearrange it. Let's add some stuff. See, let's that's me change and you. it That's up. me and you. Just change for the sake. So, so here's the deal, the preamble. Before we even get to the eight things you have to define, and not just define, but then clarify yeah. both the what, what you want to change, and more importantly, the why, why you want to change it. And this is something Michael Hyatt says, and it's so true. When the what gets tough, the why carries you through. I like See, that. when when what you're trying to change, it gets hard. The why, the mission, the reason carries you through and helps you to accomplish you it. Know, we all know this. In a church, and I don't like to make the comparisons, right? But in a business, you know, you got your CEO, your CEO makes a decision, everybody gets in line, and they might not like it, right? So it's important to do change the right way in a business. But in a church, you are not the CEO, and everybody in the church, for better or worse, has the opinion that their voice is equally important. And so um, you're going you're gonna to think, you know, I've, I've defined the why, and I've defined the what, and I'm ready to rock and roll, and I'm ready to go, and then you're going to find out that you know 40 50 other people think that they have and maybe they do have i don't want to get into you know like how we do church or whatever maybe they do have a voice in this of of equal value you don't pass orders down by how do you like to say fiat right edict edict yeah we don't just like sign it and go kind of thing right so you got to work with people through that what and through that why. So let's get into this. Well, you know, and we like to talk about leadership. And yeah. I think leadership is the process of creating change. And so change isn't an event. It's a process. And leadership is that process of creating change. Put that on a bumper sticker. Did it, Maxwell say that? It's going to have to be a long bumper sticker. That's fine. No, I... I made it up. You Johnny. could re- you could write a book around that. I made it up. The first two hundred churches book. That's what it is. Okay, so this is what leading change in a small church looks like. Remember, we said these are eight practices, not tips. Okay, practices. You have to do these things. We have to practice them, right? Right. To create meaningful change in your small church, eight practices. The first practice is patience. Patience. Change takes time. I know. Okay, I wish it didn't practice, have to. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, keep going. I'm sorry. It takes time. I wish that it was like flipping a switch overnight too, but it takes time. Are you willing to invest the time required to create meaningful change? You start this process and you're hot to trot. I tell you what, the people will try to steal all of your energy and steal all of your fire for this idea. If you don't have patience and resolve, I'd, I'd say resolve. Is that a later one? But patience and resolve. No, resolve. To drive yeah, yeah. that thing forward... You're, when your fire runs out, you still need to be able to keep going because the people will sap it from you, and you got to keep that thing moving down the road anyway. It takes patience. And everything's exciting at the beginning, right? right. It's it's real exciting, and but that excitement soon wears off. And, and patience, because here's why we need patience, because it's going to take time. 
we want it to happen yesterday. Yeah, we got the vision, or man. Or tomorrow, but it's going to take time because there's not one practice. But there's it's so eight clear, practices. Jeff. It's so clear. It's so clear until you take <laughs> pen to paper and you try to define and clarify the what and the why. But I'm pre- I'm, st- I'm pretty sure it's clear though. But that's why you got to do that. Yeah, though, no, absolutely. Because it isn't clear until you do that. Until you put pen to paper or fingertips to keyboard, yeah. it's not clear. I think practice number two helps clarify things. It helps you flesh things out. It, it takes what you've done and it makes it better. Yeah. It's collaboration. Collaboration. I like that. It's a, it's not collaboration. You know, some leaders... <laughs> some Is leaders that an option? Collaboration. Do we have that in front <laughs> of gonna us? We're going to do this. We're going to do it my way or you're in the highway. <laughs> no, you know, we don't... I don't have to own the change... I can own the change, but if only I own the change, that's bad. It's not going to happen. That's bad. I used to tell, tell my kids, oh, that's bad. That's bad. So that's I calm. owning the change, yeah. that's bad. That's bad, Jeff. We have to own the change because my idea might be good, but our idea, it really should be better. And and here is where the what and the why can get a lot more specific and get a lot clearer and have a finer definition to it, it's when we collaborate with others. I think that we live in an environment where collaboration and um, compromise are almost like bad words. Like, you have to, you have to fire all engines straight forward, and if, if you are willing to add or subtract anything from your deal... You're not a good leader. You're just not a good leader, right? Why don't you have enough in the tank? But that's so false. I don't have all I don't have the corner on the market of good ideas. I might have a nugget here, but I need other people to help me flesh it out. I need I need to know, hey, and maybe you have an idea for one particular ministry. Maybe you want to do something in your music ministry. Well, do you know everything there is to know about music? I mean, do you understand all the way down the line, all the people that need to be talked to and all the things that need to be dealt with? Do you understand that stuff? No, probably not. And you need whoever's in your music ministry to come alongside and collaborate with you to make that change. Collaboration is absolutely key. It's a key practice to making meaningful change. Okay, so we've covered patience, and we've covered collaboration, yep. and now communication. Jeff, how many times have we said this on the podcast? Communication? Yeah, how, many, how about how many times? That we have to communicate? Yeah, how, uh, how much? How many episodes have we had? <laughs> <laughs> 149. Is 149, yeah. It probably 75 times. 75 probably. times. Probably. We've communicated the importance of this 75 times and I I almost am ready to say it's not enough. But I only remember saying it 5 times. <laughs> just just the 5. So, but we've probably yeah, communication so important. You have to keep saying it. It's ironic that we're talking about communication this way, right? Because you have to drive when you think you've said it enough times, you have not said it enough times. You know, I used to hear that, and I used to say, blah, blah, blah. Me too. You know, it's like, you know, you know, what goes up must come down. Yeah, everybody says it, blah, blah, blah. It's true. Oh, my goodness. Just when we, when we start getting sick and tired of saying it so much, they're just starting to hear it. You know what we have on our pens? It took us five years. On, the, on our pens, it says authentic relationships with God and others 24-7. Yeah. Just a simple vision statement. It took us five. I mean, we're still we're still developing that. Yeah, we're in our still church moving. Yeah, more than almost ten years later. That's crazy. So people aren't mind readers, and we always no. have to say it more than we need to. So yeah, communication. That's, man. You've been living with this idea. You've been living with this vision. 
That's what you're thinking about. It's what you're dreaming about. It. You, you know, you're talking about it with your husband or wife until they're like, seriously, I do not care about this thing. Not that I've ever been there. Um, <laughs> no. Oh, no. But the people you're talking to, they have not been living with it at all. And they probably won't even think about it after you tell them. So you got to tell them again and again and again and again. They're not living in the same place as you are. You know, even as you say that, I'm, I just, I re- I'm reminded that my role in the church is so different. Other people, they come to church, you know, they're involved, yeah. then they go home. And they appropriately don't think that much about it. Right. Perhaps until the next time they come. Right. Or if they, you know, in small group or, or whatever. And, and some people are more plugged in than others. Right. They're more inter- interactive relationally. Uh, but you and I, uh, and pastors, you know this is true. You think about it all. You th- you're always all thinking time. about the church. Absolutely. In fact, I, I mentioned I'm I'm going to New York. I'm glad I'm going because that's the only time when I won't think about the church. <laughs> I have to get out of the state and away, that's and funny. then I won't think about it yeah. because I'll be thinking about you know family. Yeah. So patience is a practice. Collaboration, communication. Number four is listening. Listening because listening. Active listening allows others to give input because somebody can be sitting in front of you and talking and you could be saying that this is, you know, this is time for you to give input. And as they're talking, they know they're not giving input because you're not listening. Yeah, you're looking at them. But see, listening is is as much uh, an attitude as it is actual the doing of it. Because if your attitude is, hey, you have something as you're listening to somebody your attitude is this person has something that I need to hear. They're saying something that I need to listen to and receive, and it might have value, and it might make me better, and it might make the what and the why better, then that's active listening. But if you're just there to go through the motion of allowing them to speak, only to dismiss what they say, because you've already got your mind made up. I mean, the, the plan is already out because you're a good leader. So the plan is already laid out there. If that's the case, you're not really listening. Listening is active. It's not passive. And let's, let's not fool ourselves. Listening is hard work. I mean, Johnny, would you just listen to me? I'm sorry, what? Listen to me. You- you're over there. You're spaced <laughs> out. You're not even paying attention. I'm listening. surprised you haven't grabbed a can of Diet Coke I've been yet. thinking about it a lot. I'm not going to lie to you. All right. I've been thinking about it a lot. No. You're so right. Listening, and it's funny because communication and listening are two different things. They're wrapped together. If you want to really communicate, it's not one way. It's two way. Right. Listening is part right. of communication. When we say communicate, we mean the, you know, the giving of the message. But the listening is just as important. I mean, you're, you will have people who have not bought in. And if you don't listen to them, you'll think, oh, they're totally in. And then you get down the road and look behind you, and nobody's standing there. Right. So listening right. is so important. So patience is one of these practices. Collaboration, communication, listening. And then the fifth practice is understanding. So it's, it's one thing to listen, but now you've got to take that listening, and you actually have to understand what's being communicated to you. So ask clarifying questions. Care about the people, care about their perspective, care about the issues that they're bringing up or whatever it is, and know their position. Understand what makes them tick. And I I would go so far as to say, understand philosophically how they're coming at this this change. Wow, that's deep. You like that? You you lost me there. Say that again. I'm saying (laughs) philosophically understand. You might have like a different 
philosophy between you about what the church should do and where it should go and how changes should look. And if you if you're missing each other on that philosophical level, you are totally going to miss each other on everything. You'll never get that person unless you understand the philosophy that they're carrying with them. So when she's upset because we're no longer going to use choir robes, then we we don't have to say, "Well, why are you upset?" We have maybe have to ask the question, "Why do you like choir robes?" Yeah. What is it in your in in you? that makes you happy, that somehow fulfills you when you're there with choir robes. And maybe philosophically, she she believes in church tradition and carrying the tradition to the next generation. And you trying to ditch choir robes to put a drum up, it's a philosophical difference. It's not just like an issue of like, she's stodgy and likes to wear long, you know, velvety robes. It's that she really believes that church tradition is something to be valued and carried on to the next generation. How many times have people thought about hymns in this very same way, right? Philosophically, I'm saying, let's have contemporary music. And philosophically, somebody else is saying, we've sang these hymns for 250 years. It's like, it's important to carry on the tradition. Well, we're missing each other. We're not talking about music. We're talking about a whole philosophy of church. So and, understanding. And I think the key is maybe to, to, to get to the point where you know their position better than they do. Yeah. Where if they weren't in the room, you could argue their position just as well. Because then you put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. You know, we talked about this with Dave Ronan. I don't have the... I should know all these episodes, right? I should have them all memorized. You should have 148 episodes memorized. But Dave talked about, you know, coming into a church new and caring for and respecting the people in such a way that they felt cared for and they felt respected. And, And that's so important. And so part of it is really understanding yeah. and putting yourself in their shoes, listening and understanding, and not just listening, but understanding and knowing their position better than they do. I'm feeling because, under conviction right now. Well, I mean, then you can really, then you can care about them. You, yeah. you can know how to communicate to them. You can understand the impact of the change on their own personal well-being yeah. and their personality. Just a lot goes into that. So patience, collaboration, communication, listening, and understanding. And then number six, the sixth practice is negotiation. Because sometimes, in fact, most times, we just can't get the 100% of what we want. And we have to negotiate. We have to we have to give up some things in order to get other things. Maybe we've got you know, five things that we want to implement to create this change. But but one of them just isn't going to happen. Right. And we're upset that it's not going to happen. Sure. And it means that we're going to get 80%. See, I'm good. I'm good at math. Like four <laughs> of five is 80%. We're only going to get 80% of the change we were looking for. Right. And doggone it, if we're a good leader, man, good leaders get 100%. Good Amen. leaders go go for the goal, and they don't stop until they hit it. There's another term Amen. I was thinking of, but I can't use it on the 200 <laughs> Churches podcast. Um, but, you know, you 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 got to get the 100 No, you don't. Good leaders don't get 100%. Good leaders move the team forward. Because on, on in football, on every play, can you imagine if the goal of the quarterback for every play was to get the ball into the end zone, and if he didn't do it on every play, he was devastated. He just felt like a failure. You would have a completely devastated QB. You, you, yeah, that wouldn't be good. After every single play, he'd have to put himself back together just to get, you know, call the next play. 
It is crazy. Negotiation. And sometimes you got to give up something that's somewhat valuable and and you have to accept something that the other person wants that maybe you didn't want. But 80%... Why are you preaching to me right now? 80% is better than zero. Jeff is preaching to me so on the 200 I, Churches podcast. I have podcast. no idea what you're talking about, and I, I can't say that believe it. as the Bible is my witness. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, but... Better 80% than 0%. And if you're going to be a leader who says 100 or nothing because they're standing on principle, well, then uh, you're probably going to get nothing. I like principle. You know, I like this principle is, too. This is, I don't want to soft pedal this one. This one's hard. Maybe just for me. Maybe some people with kinder, gentler souls than me, it's not hard for. But negotiation, I love how you even wrote it negotiation. Uh, that's really hard for me. You know what I didn't I put? want five out of five. I don't want, I do not want to settle. I do not want to give in. I want what I want. I'm a child, apparently. Johnny, when, when, we, when we put this together, notice we didn't put the word compromise in there. Remember? <laughs> we, didn't, we don't want to use, because compromise is a negative way of saying negotiate. Sure. Because negotiate says, I'm a free agent, you're a free agent. I'm a person, you're a person. God loves me, God loves you. You know, it's not, it's I'm here to serve you. I'm not here, like Jesus said, you know, it's not the other way around like the, the, the Gentiles do it. Right. But I'm here to serve you, and that means that I am not going to demand 100%, even if 100% would be best. It respects the reality and the presence of the other person being on the team, yeah. in the church, in your life, or in your face. Negotiation, very connected to collaboration. Those things are going to go hand in hand. It, it might hurt, but it's for the good of the church, for the good of the body, and stop being such a pig-headed fool, Johnny. I mean, <clears throat> Jeff, pastor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> patience, collaboration, communication, listening, understanding, negotiation, and the seventh practice to create meaningful change in your small church is consensus building is that a consensus, consensus. building is absolutely this, it's a building of consensus yeah no if if you um if you don't get some consensus if you don't get people all on the same highway together on this thing if you don't get everybody moving in the same direction you might think well but i got like my four key leaders moving in the same direction okay that's a great start toward consensus building but the consensus is not built do you know what i mean like, now you need to get them to get out and start building the consensus for you. Make them now the communicators of the vision, right? Equip them to carry it out for you and continue to build consensus. Consens- consensus. Don't think, <laughs> that's a hard word, don't think that because four key leaders are on board that you are ready to rock and roll on this change. You have just hit a very important point, but now there's still some more time to go. Be patient and let those leaders do the thing that they do and build some consensus. You know, Collins wrote in one of his books about, you know, getting people on the bus but having them in the right seats. So this isn't exactly that kind of an illustration. When you, when you said highway, you know, we're talking about making sure everybody's on the same highway yeah. going in the same direction. They might be in different lanes because they're going to be in different lanes, and they may be in different vehicles. So not everybody's <laughs> on the same vehicle, and not everybody's got to be in the. They just consensus means we all want the same thing. Right. We're all going to the same place, and we're right. going in this direction. But the way that we go about it may be different. Some people will drive slower. Some people will drive slower, and they're pulling a heavier load. 
sure. some people are in the Maserati and they're flying in the furthest, the leftmost lane. <laughs> they're in the diamond lane, man. And they're just going. Me and Jeff are carpool. We're in the carpool lane on this thing. I love it. We're driving. We're driving Miss Daisy, right? <laughs> no, we got to be in the back. Backfiring. So, yeah, you know, and consensus looks different in different church leadership and different church governance structures. But in the end, everybody's got to be going in the same direction, on the same road. That's that's just building consensus. Yeah. So let's let's just quickly review these again. We're going to get to the eighth one. We have patience. We collaborate. We communicate. We listen. We understand. We negotiate. We build consensus. And then the very last one, number eight, we're on the highway. We're going down the road. Sometimes we're going to have to make mid-course corrections. That's number eight, mid-course corrections, because the trip hardly ever goes as planned. I mean, even right. if you take if you take a, a short trip, let's just say it's an hour away, you, you may end up stopping at a gas station to get something to drink, get rid of something you drank, <laughs> uh, fill up you know on gas. Uh, I mean, any number. Get a snack. Uh, you, you might see a store. You, you're going to have mid-course corrections. Yeah. And so you got to be willing to adjust along the way. Part of this, part of this, in fact, all the previous seven, uh, most of them kind of fit into this because you've got to be listening to people. You've, you, you may be still yeah. negotiating what you're trying to change in mm-hmm. order to get the why. So mid-course corrections is something that we can't be afraid of. We can't be fearful of. I mean, it's just going to happen, and we can't say, "Hey, listen, I'm I'm going down the road. I'm not going. I'm look to. I'm going to look to neither the left or the right. We have to make some corrections. We have to make some changes." Yeah, I, you know, I like to do home improvement projects. I like to build stuff and fix stuff. You never do a home improvement project, make a change. Okay, you never do that without something going haywire and you have to change your plan it's never like i'm pretty sure this window is gonna fit here it's definitely not gonna fit there <laughs> like, it's not gonna happen and you have to be willing to run out to the hardware store to make a mid-course correction to tell your wife i'm really sorry we have a hole in the side of our house things like that i'm not speaking from any experience personally i'm just saying like you could have that happen Johnny and I walked out into my garage last week, and he looked above <laughs> yeah. my van and he said, "Jeff, why is your garage door opener or garage door opener apparatus hanging from one bolt?" It didn't look good from the ceiling, <laughs> and I'm like, "Uh, I didn't notice that." <laughs> you know, my wife told me afterwards that she heard it that morning. Oh, did she? When it opened, when she was taking so Mitch it to school, it, okay. bam, something happened. She didn't know what it was. But it put the door up and then put it back down when she came back. But I don't know how many times it would have worked before it fell right on the top of the van. That would have been bad. That thing was heavy. So so Johnny was with me. I used his. He's got more skill, more ingenuity (laughs) than I do in those things. So together, although I was, yes, sweating bullets at the end. That's true. Together we fixed it. Yeah. And I said to you at the end, I I, I couldn't have done it without you. And seriously, I could have done it. It would have taken me three times as long, <laughs> and it wouldn't have been done as well. That's the way it always is. And it took us at least three hands. I it mean, did. Oh, yeah, that would have been that would have been way impossible to so, do yourself. Yeah. You know, to accomplish anything, sometimes things just pop up. Sometimes yep. you have to take advantage of the opportunity in the moment, and you always need other people to help you. Mid course corrections. Yeah. So the question is, we got twenty. We got a new year. We yeah. got a new year. Now we could run this every. 
end of the calendar year. I think we, we don't should. Even have to say gold. what year it is. is dynamite. But you got a new year coming up. Yeah. And the question is, what change would you like to bring in your small church in the new year? What What is the why? What What is it that you want to happen? And then from the why, you back up and you say, what? This is what I have to do right. in order to accomplish this thing that I want to see happen. It might be ministry, a, a new ministry program. Focus. Yeah, um, do you, you want to see a change in spiritual growth? You know how spiritual growth happens. Um, do you have programs that you need to change in your church, Jeff? Do you have staff issues? Yeah, we need might to? need to do a, a staff uh, fruit basket upset, a little <laughs> staff shuffle. I like that. I like that. Perfect. Uh, you got volunteers you need to either bring on or let go of. You know, you know, Paul Finkeldy for let, that. He'll let, help you. Let me interrupt you just for a second. Go ahead. You were talking about staff. The <laughs> truth is, and pastors, you know this. You know this. We have no idea, Johnny, if you and I are even going to be in this church a year from now. Why do you got to be that way? We have. It's not up to us sometimes. It's so dark. You know, it's sometimes it's up to us. Because when it's up to us, then we say it was God who was leading. See? Right, right, right. Well, we God, God, God might lead me. the elders to fire me. I suppose he could do that. Or, yeah, I mean, it's you know, <laughs> we, we sit here and we laugh. It really goes back to James. You know, if the Lord wills, yeah. we will do this or that. But pastors, we, you know, I suppose anybody could be in this place, especially in the economy we live in today. Sure. But, you know, we're, we're holy rollers, right? And we think that we've got everything all figured out. Absolutely, and yeah. We may not be here, so it might be, it might be a staff change. You might have an outreach goal. You might want to reach more people, or uh, you might have a giving goal. You sure. want higher offerings because, okay, why do you want higher offerings? Well, because there's this need in the community, and we want to staff toward it, and right. we want to resource it, and we want to make change to help people. Yeah. So, you, well, I want higher offerings because I want uh, better security and peace of mind as a pastor. No. Uh, I'd, like a, I'd like a fatter checking account. <laughs> well, Is that an option? If the offerings go up, do I get a raise? Because so, if so, then Well, maybe. <laughs> you know, it could be. If it were tied to, you know, that would be nice. That's true. Pastor, these are eight practices to see meaningful change in your small church. Yeah. There are... Unfortunately, unfortunately, bad for us, and we uh, we be the people that would be the most cheer if cheering for the fact that we didn't have to do these things. That's true. But unfortunately, there are no shortcuts. You have to do. There's probably more that you have to do. Oh, sure. And you could break stuff out of these and put you know sub practices. Absolutely. But at the very least, these eight things are going to be a part of any meaningful change in your small church. You can't get around it. And so don't try to get around it. It's better to run through it. Is it easy? No. But Jeff and I, we've done, we've literally done all these things to varying degrees of success, right? Exactly. And and that's on us, right? That's, I mean, we know the practices. It's on us if we do them. But these are, this is the real deal. This is, this is what you need to do. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, are you going to head into this next season of ministry, whatever that looks like, Ready to make change? Are you just going to run in there bullheaded and crash the church and burn the place down? Or are you going to meet people where they're at, love them well, be patient, collaborate, do these other practices, and really make a meaningful and impactful change for the kingdom of God? That's what we want you to do. So, hey, thank you for listening to this episode. You and hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of other pastors at this point are listening. 
thousands of other pastors <laughs> are listening, and uh, we really appreciate it. We don't take you for granted. No, uh, we appreciate that. And uh, we got a we got an email recently from one of our listeners, Johnny. And you know, I'm old, so I don't remember, but I remember forwarding it to you. And uh, even though I'm not going to remember the details of it, hey, every time one of you emails us. It's so cool. That's I re- meaningful. I remember popping my head into your office and saying, "Hey, did you get that?" And you said, "Yeah, you got it." I said, "Wasn't that cool?" Oh, it, it was the guy from uh, the guy with the church. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, no, no, the guy with the church. Oh. I remember that well. His wife sent us an email. She did. Yeah. Yes. They've been working together in a vineyard church yes, forever. It was they're a connected to Dave church. Jacobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Good people. It was Pennsylvania. We don't remember their names, it? but they're good people. We love or them. Ohio. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to get into no, that. No, but hey, if you're listening, hey, lady, lady, if you're listening, <laughs> your email was so encouraging. Jerry Lewis enjoyed your email. Hey, lady. <laughs> So, hey, when you send us an email, it's it, it it's very meaningful. Yeah, it is. It, and, and I save them in my 200 churches folder. So you can go run back and Someday look at I'll pull them out. Email her today and say you're sorry about this. Well, yeah. No, I won't because maybe she'll skip this episode. But, hey, thank you, Pastor. Thanks for listening. And we will be back next Wednesday with a fresh episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and inspired by this episode of the 200 Churches podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe at 200churches.com and receive the guy's free PDF download called Our 7 Favorite Ministry Resources. You can count on us to be back next Wednesday with another brand new shiny episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love the people in your 200 church. Good. Let's see. This is one for you know. I don't know if I'm going to use that this this week, Johnny. I probably am, but it might be too good to use on a holiday week. So. Oh yeah, that's a. This we'll is see. this has gone dead on me for my own voice. Okay, let's. Uh, are you this one here? I can hear. Okay. Okay. Can you hear it? I can. Can I hear you though? Hello. Okay. I know I'm good. Okay. Okay. New, Sorry. S- new setup. Be a test? Test, test? No? Oh, you want to just jump right in. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Uh, I was just going to announce that this is... Uh, I just didn't know if our levels were set. We don't need these. Your turn... <laughs> okay, so it's 149, Johnny. So <clears throat> I start. Oh, you want to do the whole thing, top to bottom? No, no. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. Okay, here we go.